0: Okay, I'm going to pray before we um, look at some scripture together. Father God, we we thank you for your presence in this place. We thank you for the way we have already encountered you this morning, as we've worshipped you, as we've praised you. And we thank you, Father God, now that as we look to your word, that you're going to speak to us. I want to thank you that there is a spirit of revelation in this place, Lord God. Because you want us. You want us to learn more about you. So Father, I pray as we journey this morning through what you've, what you've laid on our heart, what we're looking at as a church at the moment, that, that Father God, we would see new facets and give us new understanding, fresh tools with which to navigate through life and to serve you so that we can bring you glory. Father, take the words that I'm going to speak this morning, and those that are not of you, would they just dissipate away, but those things that are of you, I pray they'd go deep into each one of us, and that they would bear the fruit that you want them to bear, in Jesus' name. Amen. So, the series that we're currently doing is The, Christ, the, the Church is Christ's Body, So What?, following on from... Jesus is Lord, so what? And we're just looking at what the Church of Jesus Christ is, and therefore what it isn't. So last week Andy began really by unpacking the the kind of basics of that. If you weren't here, I'd really encourage you to listen to it. It was it was good. God is doing something really amazing in our midst. And what's incredible is we get the choice as to whether we take part in that or not, because God will never force us. I I believe we're on, we believe we're on a journey together because we need to get it right in here so we get it right out there. And we know that God has got great things for our town, for our region, and for our nation. This morning in pre-service prayer, one of the things that uh, god reminded me of of something that happened a few weeks ago and we've had a lot of wind the last little while i don't know if you've noticed we've had a lot a lot of wind and and god had spoken to me about that Uh, a few weeks ago about there being, actually, as I say that, I didn't realise the curtains are open up there and the wind's blowing in. Sorry about that if it's drafty. Somebody might need to close that. Okay, that's like a confirmation from heaven. The winds of change are over us as a nation. and And I saw this picture this morning in pre-service prayer of this massive wind turbine being erected and what's incredible about a wind turbine is it captures the energy of the wind and generates electricity, which brings power. And actually, we as God's people, I believe, are called to be like those wind turbines, that wind turbine, actually catching what's happening in the heavenlies, in the spirit. But that's generating down power on earth to transform lives. So so exciting days. One of the things that Andy, or well the main thing that Andy unpacked last week was the church isn 't actually a building that 's why it was funny when he said about we 've got church for an extra ch- This is not the church you, i mean I know it 's a school, but even if it was our own building, this is not the church the, he- the Greek word sorry for church is ecclesia, which basically means the called out people of god the called out people of god ecclesia it 's the called out people of God now what that doesn 't mean is that god will choose one and not the other. That's not what that means. Because God chooses everyone. He wants everyone to be saved. But when we say yes to him, actually it's that sense of being set apart for him. That's what the church is. The called out, the set apart people of God. And today I'm going to take that one step further. Because having established what the church is... We're going to look at what it means to be the body of Christ because the church is referred to as the body of Christ. I came across these quotes. The church is the church only when it exists for others. That was said by a guy called Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Some of you may have heard of him. He was a German pastor who actually did an incredible work standing against the Nazi re- regime and ultimately that cost him his life. So he, he understood The church is the church only when it exists for others. You can be committed to church like you would be to brownies, to scouts, to your fitness class, to your football team, but not committed to Christ because actually all you're committed to is the event. But you cannot be committed to Christ and not committed to the church. That is powerful. Ashley, that is really powerful, because actually when we say yes to Jesus, we opt in to church it 's not a tick the box. do you want to be part of church? Yes, do you want to be part of church? no we become part of the body of Christ, so we 're going to unpack what the bo- what is this thing that I belong to ephesians three 10 to 11 says this, his intent was that now through the church, the ecclesia, the called out people of God, those of us who've said yes to Jesus, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms, according to his eternal purposes that in, that he accomplished, sorry, in Christ Jesus, our Lord. He has chosen this group of people who've said yes to him to demonstrate the manifold wisdom of God to the spiritual realms. The way we operate and behave is meant to reflect the many facets of God's wisdom. And I would say not just to the principalities and powers, but against principalities and powers we have incredible authority of the children as the children of God and it's in that place of authority that we can operate against the strongholds that are in the world the spiritual strongholds that are in the world if we as the called out people of God truly operate under the lordship of Jesus individually then I would suggest The church, the body of Christ, would be radically transformed if we truly operated in that. The effectiveness of that body, the church, the body of Christ in the world, would be revolutionary. Would be an unstoppable force that facilitates the kingdom coming to earth. A bit like that wind turbine, picking up the stuff in heaven. And it impacting the earth. We know that probably a relatively small group of people, the first church, revolutionised the area that they lived in. The region beyond that. And us, ultimately, because they were sold out for Jesus individually, but operated as the body of Christ. Can you see it's not just about us as individuals, it's the corporate thing as well. Imagine every person in the world church today, if you need to close your eyes to do that, then please do, but just imagine every person who is part of the worldwide church today, those who've said yes to Jesus, I don't mean those who are just committed to church, I mean those that are committed to Christ, living like Jesus did wholeheartedly for God. Imagine what the world would look like. It would be transformed. It would be transformed. So that's the purpose of church. That's the purpose of church. That's what church is meant to do. I could end it there, but actually I've got another 20 minutes, so I won't. So why has the church been described as the body of Christ? Why wasn't it described as a building? Why? Why is that something that we really need to understand? Paul, addressing the church in Corinth, says that you are the body of Christ and individual members of it. Or in other translations, it says that you are a unique and vital part of the body of Christ. Now, we are going to be very un-British now. And we are going to turn to somebody next to us. And we are going to talk to them. And we are going to say, now we're going to say this, I am unique and a vital part of the body of Christ I am unique and a vital part of the body of Christ I am unique and a vital part of the body of Christ <laughs> And by the end of this morning, I hope we really start to believe that and not just say it. That we are unique and we are a vital part of the body of Christ. In Colossians 1, 15 to 18, we read this. Of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. The Amplified Version um, translates that word head as life source or leader. So Jesus is the life source, the leader of the body, the called out people of God, the church. That's really important. Jesus. And only Jesus is the head of the church, is the source of life of the church, is the leader of the church. Now, Andy and I have been given the responsibility to lead this church, but we lead it under the headship of Jesus and with the constant inspiration and leading of the Holy Spirit. It's not our church it's his church. And that's really, really important. That's something as key leaders, we, we, we constantly give the church back to Jesus. Because if if it's us in that place of headship, sorry guys, but you might as well pack up and go home because we will not be effective. It's only when we're under the lordship of Jesus and his leading and guiding that we will be what he wants us to be and effective in this part of The body of Christ, if that makes sense. So why a body? Why is the church referred to as the body of Christ and not a building? The body. bit of biology lesson this morning. The body is the most complex machine ever invented, I would suggest. Man has studied the function of the body for thousands of years. And we still... We do not understand how it all works completely. We don't understand. We know in part we do not understand. It's a shame Joe isn't here this morning because of the doctor. I'm sure she'd be nodding her head saying yes. We, we know some of it. We know incredible things. We can do amazing things. But we don't understand it all. It's so complex. It's the most coordinated we We, our bodies, are the most coordinated machines, if you like, on planet Earth. The body is capable of growing and repairing. It's capable of exploring and inventing. It's utterly incredible. It knows when it needs fuel. I know I do. Probably know when I don't need fuel, but it knows when it needs fuel. It knows when it needs to rest. It has incredible ability to adapt, and an amazing capacity to endure. Our bodies are fearfully and wonderfully made. The body is able to think, to feel emotions, to feel empathy, to take responsibility, to get the picture. The body is an amazing thing. So what better way to describe the church as the body of Christ? Some interesting facts about the human body. Why not? Did you know that humans, human teeth are just as strong as shark teeth? Interesting. I didn't know that. Scientists estimate that the nose can recognize a trillion different scents. I didn't know there were a trillion different scents, but anyway. Human information, sorry, information zooms along the nerves at about 250 miles an hour. The human heart beats more than 3 billion times in an average lifespan. That's amazing. It's amazing. A sneeze regularly exceeds 100 miles an hour. Interesting. And a cough clocks in at about 60 miles an hour. So, you know, Just just watch out. And the average body has approximately... How many cells do you think there are in the average body? A few trillions... I'm hearing, any advance on a few trillions? 37.2, I don't know who counted them, you know. But anyway, 37.2 trillion cells, and there are 200 different types of cells. We are complex. A body, as I said, is fearfully and wonderfully made the pinnacle of God's creation, and it's how he explains his church. The coordination in the human body is amazing because each part knows what it's meant to be doing and depends on the other part. 1 Corinthians 12 says this, Just as the body is one and has many members, all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in the Spirit we were all baptised into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, And we were made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? And if the whole body were an ear... Where would the sense of smell be? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body That seem to be weaker are indispensable. And on those parts of the body that we think less honourably, we bestow the greater honour. And our presentable parts are treated with greater modesty, while our most presentable parts do not require. And there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honoured, all rejoice together. We all matter and we all have a part to play. We don't all play the same part. Just as the human body is made up of many cells, many different parts, so it is with the body of Christ. As I said earlier, we can't be Christians and not be part of Christ's body. An amputated foot does not work very well on its own. And a body without a foot is not going to be able to travel as far. So if as as members of the body of Christ we choose to opt out, not only do we suffer, but everybody suffers. When we become Christians, when we surrender our lives to the Lordship of Jesus, we become part of his body. As I said before, it's not an opt-out option. We are part of the body of Christ. And I expect my foot to be attached to my body all of the time. Not just on a Sunday. All of the time we're connected together. We need to be connected to our source, Jesus the head. But we need to be connected to each other. Without that connection we will be less than we could be. Without this body, I will be less than I could be. Belonging to a church is not an optional extra for a Christian; it's a vital place where we can develop and grow. I mentioned earlier that there are 200 different types of cell in the human body. This is a really good biology lesson, this one, isn't it? It's cool. Do you know what that is? DNA, DNA. So all. Of our cells, the trillions of different, the trillion cells and the 200 different types of cell all have the same DNA in them. My cells belong together. And if we just think about that DNA thing, it's not in the Bible, but just think about that DNA thing a bit. The church, the global church, the body of, of Christ has the same DNA in every cell. And I would suggest that DNA is Jesus is Lord. That's that's what holds us all together. Have you ever had a moment where you've met somebody new, never met them before, and you feel a connection to them? And then in the conversation, you find out they're a Christian. Do you know? Just have you ever had that happen? And it's like, oh, we're we're connected. It's that a thing? You you feel like you know them even though you don't know them. That's part of being, part of being, part of the body. So if the church is the body of Christ, which hopefully we all agree that it is now, then we are an important part of that body, whether we realise it or not. And if as Christians we're not connected to a body, then actually we will not enter into the fullness of all that God has for us. As Andy said last week, it's not something, church is not something we go to, it's something that we belong to. It's a body that we're part of. The church is the body of Christ. The church is us. We don't go to church. We are the church. We are the church. Now our Sunday mornings, this thing that we do call church, we all say, I go to church. We all say it. And I I don't know that we're going to be able to change that vocabulary, but we need to understand the thinking of actually what, what it really means. I actually prefer the Messianic, uh, Messianic believers call their church congregation. They don't call it church. They go to congregation. And actually, that, that is what this, what this is. So what are our Sunday morning gatherings, our going to church, What's that meant to look like? Why why do we do that? Well, I would suggest this, that we gather as a family of believers to grow together in being more like Jesus so that we can go into the world and be Jesus, giving our lives for his glory. We gather as a family of believers to grow together in being more like Jesus So that we can go into the world and be Jesus, giving our lives for his glory. That should be what our Sunday morning meetings are all about. To encourage each other and to cheer each other on in what we're doing. That's why testimony time is just, it's so encouraging to hear what God's doing in our individual lives. But we all get to benefit because it encourages us. It really does. We'll never change the world by going to church, but we will change the world by being the church, by being the body of Christ. In Ephesians 11, I won't read it all. I won't read it all through at the moment. But Ephesians 4, 11 to 16 is that passage that talks about us being in the church. There's apostles and prophets and evangelists that are given for the building up of the body. And verse 15 and 16 in the Passion translation says this. But instead we will remain strong and always sincere in our love as we express the truth. All our direction and ministries will flow from Christ and lead us deeper into him, the anointed head of the body, the church. For his body has been formed in his image and is closely joined together and constantly connected as one. And every member has been given divine gifts to contribute to the growth of all. And as these gifts operate effectively throughout the whole body, we are built up and made perfect in love. Do you know you have been given divine gifts for the building up of the body of Christ? Every single person has been given something to build up the body of Christ in some way. That's what that passage is saying, which is really powerful. When we disconnect from the body of Christ, now, what I'm not saying is that you stay in a place which isn't operating properly as the body of Christ. Okay, So I, 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 what I'm not saying is you stay connected in those environments. You need to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. But when you're part of a church family where you are able to grow and to flourish, disconnecting from that actually is not good for you. Is not good for you. Like a, an organ disconnected from a body will ultimately die. Because it's not getting all the nourishment that it needs. So it is with us. And we're going to end with another quote from Dietrich Bonhoeffer. And he said this, The more genuine and deeper our community becomes, the more will everything between us recede, the more clearly and purely will Jesus Christ and his work become the one and only thing that is vital between us. We have one another only through Christ But through Christ, we do have one another holy and for eternity. That speaks of a committed and completely passionate community of believers whose sole focus is to do what Jesus wants them to do as the head of the body. I want to say to yourself now, I am a vital part of the body of Christ. I am a vital part of the body of Christ. Ponder that question, or that statement rather, I am a vital part of the body of Christ.